Thursday, May 27th, 2010, and you've got Oz in your ears. I'm John McCain, and I approve this message. Drug and human smuggling, home invasions, murder. We're outmanned. Of all the illegals in America, more than half come through Arizona. Have we got the right plan? Plan's perfect. You bring troops, state, county, and local law enforcement together. And complete the dang fence. It'll work this time. Senator, you're one of us. Eesh. Complete the dang fence. You're one of us. Eesh. Complete the dang fence. You're one of us. Complete the dang fence. Oh, yeah. Radio Free Oz up on RadioFreeOz.com. I'm your host, Peter Bergman, co-host, David Osmond. That's right. I'm right here across in this wonderful little room here, Naughty Pine. Oh, and I feel so naughty when I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> I've done some bad things in motel rooms that are decorated like this. Oh, talk about <laughs> motel rooms. Yes. You know, when I was on the road, you know, and come in, you know, after after a gig and turn on the, the TV set, often the only person that was there was Ben Bland, you know, the all-day matinee. Yes, of course. And guess what? He's going to join us today. Wow. He's okay. Gonna, he's kind of our guest, kind of our guest ad host, something like that. Yeah. Well, it's always good to have sponsors. I know we've been waiting for him to show up. So they're if, coming. If we got sponsors, we've got Ben. Yeah. Right. They're coming. So is summer. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. here up on the island, you know, we're just uh, we're bathing ourselves in spring. Well, that's fine. Don't bathe yourself in sunscreen, though. Okay? Oh, why not? Because almost half of the 500 most popular sunscreen products, there's 500 of them, may actually increase the speed at which malignant cells develop and spread skin cancer <laughs> no, no, because no. they contain vitamin A or its derivatives, according to a recent evaluation of those products released recently. This is good news, huh? Everything you know is wrong what? about sunscreen? Everything you know is wrong. Uh, AOL, AOL News has also learned uh, through documents and interviews that the Food and Drug Administration has known of the potential danger for as long as a decade without alerting the public. Uh, of course, the FDA denies this. So the white goop and the creams and the ointments might prevent sunburn, but don't count on them to keep the ultraviolet light from destroying your skin cells and causing tumors and lesions, according to researchers at the Environmental Working Group. Okay, this is mm-hmm. that's not good news. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. In their annual report to consumers on sunscreens, they say that only 39 of the 500 products, and I don't know which they are, uh, that they examined were considered safe and effective to use. So your chances are much less than 10 in 1, right? But well, golly, golly, Peter, I just like to use baby oil and slather it all over. Now, baby oil should be okay if there's no vitamin A in, in baby oil. Mm. I don't know if it keeps you from being in, – in fact, it helps you burn, doesn't it? Isn't that one of the – Oh, yeah. Then there's crisp, the ones that make yeah. you browner, right? Yeah. No, but the most because al- they have coffee in them, I think. Yeah. The most alarming disclosure <laughs> in this year's report is the finding that vitamin A and its derivatives, retinol and retinal palmitate, may speed up the cancer that sunscreen is used to prevent. The industry includes vitamin A in its sunscreen formulations because it is an antioxidant that slows skin aging. 
And it turns out that the FDA actually did set up a, a series of rules, for example, not to claim that you that you're the PDF or whatever it is, you know, the, 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 the strength of it was over 50, but lots of companies are claiming 100 and 200. It's just a mess and everybody's burning up and it's, it's again, everything you know is wrong. Everything they say it is, it isn't. Well, you know, you've just listened to another episode of, yes, everything you know is wrong and uh, this has been science too much for your daily life. Here's a juicy piece by Eric Simpson in the HuffPost. Sarah Palin recently claimed that American law should be based on the Ten Commandments. Glenn Beck, addressing the graduating students of the late Jerry Falwell's Liberty University, said that God's finger wrote the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. God's finger wrote the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution. That is so patently absurd, I can't even deal with it. I suppose one might conjecture that the documents of the Founding Fathers were influenced indirectly by God via Enlightenment and deist thought, uh, parsed with the relics of Reformation dogma, but to suggest, even as a metaphor, that they were written by the finger of God, thereby granting America the status of a chosen theocracy, is an innovative, to say the least, and absurd. For some reason, the most vocal Christians among us never mention the Beatitudes, but Often with tears in their eyes, they they demand, absolutely demand, that uh, the Ten Commandments be posted in public buildings. And of course, that's Moses, not Jesus. I haven't heard one of them demand that the Sermon on the Mount, the Beatitudes, be posted anywhere. Blessed are the merciful in a courtroom. Blessed are the peacemakers in the Pentagon. I think not. The advent and ascension of the fundamentalist evangelical right in America, as represented by Sarah Palin and Glenn Beck, presents an odd synchronism of religious sentimentality and political ideology that is no less a synthesis than the practice of voodoo, which is a cultural concoction of polytheistic, animistic, African tribal belief, and the religious ethos of exoteric Roman Catholic ritual. Yes, Sarah Palin and Glenn Beck are voodoo priests. The evangelical right doesn't accurately represent uh, either authentic Christianity or traditional conservative thought. The end result is an insidious conflation that combines apocalyptic fears with political zeal, posturing as religious fervor, a fundamentalist voodoo that is as superstitious and credulous as the voodoo practice in Haiti or in some sections of New Orleans. The evil in the world that is out to get us per the ethos of fundamentalist voodoo, always uses the tyranny of force, comes in the guise of government, bloodthirsty for the gray equality of an egalitarianism that lowers everyone to the level of dust and ashes. It wants to kill our babies and grandmothers, destroy our marriages, restrict our rights to life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness. They want to annihilate us, per George W., because they are jealous of our freedoms, or they want the power all for themselves, gradually leading the world. It stands to reason to embrace a one-world government controlled by the Antichrist. People like Sarah Palin and Glenn Beck make a huge personal profit, both politically and monetarily, by playing on the fear of the credulous and claiming this equals that when it plainly does not. Add to this the promise of manifest destiny, the clearly heretical doctrine that God wrote the founding documents of our country, the notion that we are a unique nation chosen by God to be a Christian nation whose laws are based on the Bible and the voodoo works its strange magic. The most malevolent evil, though, per 
Palin and Beck and their cohorts, is the government. There is apparently nothing more demonic than the Nazi-like fascist and antichrist political desire to steal our money via taxation. The irony here is thick. Love of money, according to the scriptures, is the root of all evil. Failing to love God and one's neighbor, and more according to Christ, failure to love one's enemy is immoral. Investing your life in the abundance of your possessions is foolishness and idolatry. Well, that may be a little bit over the top, but there is an interesting equation there. It's far easier to politicize spiritual life and to blame and scapegoat someone out there, the homosexual, the socialist, the leftist, the fundamentalist, the African-American, the atheist, the Jew, the illegal alien, the other, the not-me, than it is to blame oneself and to actually strive to be virtuous. As Alexander Solzhenitsyn writes in the Gulag Archipelago, If only there were evil people somewhere insidiously committing evil deeds and it were necessary only to separate them from the rest of us and destroy them. But the line dividing good and evil cuts through the heart of every human being. And who is willing to destroy a piece of his own heart? Hello, dear friends. This is Eric Burden. Yes, they did take away our music. But now you can have it back on these three wonderful voice prints of the 60s. All your magic memories of flying over the music capitals of the world will come rushing back with the first twang of a lead guitar. Now listen to all the monsters of the 60s at once. The Rolling Who, Derek and the Taylors, Clive Beadle, Bing Crosby Stills and Ogden Nash. Songs like, I've Got My Hand on Your Mouse, Helicopter 59, Tight Shoes, I'll Be Gumping You, and hundreds of others. Goodness gracious, great God Almighty, it's like having now right in your living room. So don't wait till the midnight hour. Send 15 seconds in code or credit to Rock and Roll Memory Bank, Hong Kong, New York, York. Well, here's some stiff news from DC, um, Dave. High school students and college age adults have been complaining to district officials that the free condoms that the city has been offering are not of good enough quality and are too small, and that getting them from school nurses is like asking grandma or auntie. Okay, they're, they're really they're, these people are pissed off. Getting them from the school nurse. Yeah. Yes, yes, ma'am. Mi- <laughs> ma'am, this ma'am, this is a little. Th- this is just a little thin, and it's not big enough. So DC officials okay. have decided to what stock up on Trojan condoms, including the company's supersized Magnum variety. Right, I gave you the whole thing about that in Ad Week a yeah. few programs ago. Right, right, yeah, and right. they've begun to authorize Magnum. teachers or counselors, preferably male, to distribute condoms to students if the teachers complete a thirty-minute online training course called Rap MC or Master of Condoms. We are going way out there. Our nation's capital. Go ahead. (laughs) If people get what they don't want, they're just going to trash them, said T. Squalls, 30, who attends the University of the District of Columbia. So why not spend a few extra dollars and get what people want? Well, the addition of more expensive Trojan condoms is the latest Mm -hmm. move in an effort by officials to flood the city with with latex to battle AIDS. Three percent of the residents of our nation's capital have AIDS. The number of free condoms that the district dispenses has been steadily increasing. Uh, of course, a lot of them are using them as pencil holders, as we all well know, oh, because they're all in school. The health department distributed 3.2 million last year, including about 15,000 in schools. 
the city, which has 600,000 residents, has 3.2 million condoms to 600,000 residents, probably half of which are not sexually active, so do the math, is on pace to hand out more than 4 million condoms this year, having distributed 2.5 million so far. I thought you ought to have the stats. Well, you know, I got a solution for that. When they're, when they're filled, you can just send them down to the Louisiana Gulf Coast and try to keep the oil out.
Here's one from the financial pages of CNN. Economists generally aren't worried about the U.S. or global economy falling into another recession. Looking at the bond market, many investors don't agree. So who are we going to believe, the economists or the investors? The yields on long-term U.S. Treasuries, such as the benchmark 10-year bond, have tumbled sharply over the last six weeks, hitting a low of 3.1% in early trading last week before they rebounded to 3.2% late in the day. Some experts say this is a sign a lot of major investors are betting on tough times ahead. Quote, there is big money making big bets that at a minimum, we will have a recession, if not a depression, that could last for years, said Kevin Giddes, managing director of the Fixed Income Department at Morgan Keegan. Quote, it's a scary scenario to subscribe to, but that's the current one being batted around. So that's what they're doing. They're batting it around. Huh? Other bond experts say it's tough to draw the line between fears of the unknown and fears of an economic downturn. They say it's not just Europe raising fears of a slowdown, moves by the People's Bank of China to tighten credit to slow growth there, and the uncertainty of whether financial regulatory reform moving towards final passage in Congress could slow lending and growth here have combined to raise new fears about the economy. So here's one of the problems is that we're actually reining in all those criminal bastards on Wall Street. So that's going to slow things down. What? Slow down more debt bubble? Slow down more toxic derivatives? Is, is that uh, you know, prosperity in the United States. And yes, China is cutting down on their credit because they're also experiencing a huge debt bubble. And believe it or not, their state institutions, their state industries, coal and cement and all that heavy stuff, are totally bankrupt. They're just running this charade so that, you know, nobody has to realize that the ridgepole in the center of the Chinese economy will not hold. Well, they say it's just a fear that the combination of all these factors could result in, if not a double-dip recession, then a recovery that will be quite slow, said Kim Rupert, fixed income analyst at Action Economics. A double-dip recession. That's kind of a dismal ice cream cone, right? <laughs> it's probably what, you know, the, the, the graph looks like. You go up, 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 and you double and you dip, and then you come right down the other side. It could very be we're one more shock away from breaking the 3% level, said David Cord, head of fixed income sales and trading at the Williams Capital Group. But he said there is also a risk that bond yields could start to rise quickly, which could cause its own problem by raising the cost of borrowing for home buyers and the federal government. Got you one way, got you the other. This is a song about a man from Junction City, Kansas truck driver for the Red Ball Express who decides that he has to go to the Lower East Side to get some hippie It's called the Bell of Avenue A. He was just a lonely truck driving man driving all night long But did he know how soon his tears would fall for the Bell of Avenue A? Hello, this is Decency Legionnaire War and Peace with a message of critical importance for all conscientious parents. The Pugs, three to six bathless hippie degenerates from New York's teeming hotbed of hippie depravity, the East Village, have released a new album on reprise. It's called The Bell of Avenue A. Because this album is subversive smut of the lowest order, I advise you to keep it out of the reach of the young and impressionable. Thank you. Saw her standing in a midnight blue lace gown. Okay, now the community events calendar here, here with Ben. Um, discrimination against dogs in employment. Uh, symposium on that subject tonight at the Doggy Community Center. 
And uh, let's see here. Attention, aliens. Uh, marrying an animal can mean citizenship for you. Listen to these success stories from your U.S. Animal Husbandry Service. Uh, Filipino housemaid Janet Bangalong left uh, Manila to marry a prize-winning boar. And now he's dead, and she's an American citizen living off the fat of the land. So if you're a foreign people who'd like to put on the dog, this could be the biggest day of your life. Just send a picture of yourself or someone who looks just like you to Department A.H. Barnes C. Crabapple, Maryland. That's uh, Born Free, uh, Marine Land. And now uh, we'll go on now with... Um... From the Wall Street Journal. If the trouble starts, and it still remains an if, the trigger may well be obscure to the concerns of most Americans. Could be a missed budget projection by the Spanish government, the failure of Greece to hit a deficit reduction target, or a drop in Ireland's economic output. I mean, I get up in the morning, um, I'm looking for Lakers and Celtics scores, you know, the Giro in Italy, see who's biking well. I'm not just checking out on how Ireland's economic output is going along. So they're right. To me, at least, it is a bit obscure. But the knife-edge psychology currently governing global markets has put the future of the U.S. economic recovery in the hands of politicians in an assortment of European capitals. Now, that must be driving some Republicans really crazy. Remember when French fries became freedom fries because they wouldn't join us in that illegal war? And now the future of our economic recovery is in their hands? Oh, my, my. If one or more fail to make the expected progress on cutting budgets, restructuring economies, or boosting growth, it could drain confidence in a broad and unsettling way. Credit markets worldwide could lock up and throw the global, global economy into recession. Where it is, I believe, already. For the average American, uh, that uh, seemingly distinct sequence of events could translate into another hit on the 401k plan, actually the 101k by now, a lost factory shift if exports to Europe decline, and another shock to the banking system that might make it harder to borrow. Quote, if what happened in Greece were to happen in a large country, it could fundamentally mark our times, according to Angelos Pangratis, head of the European Union delegation to the United States. It marks a change, according to uh, Barclay Capital's uh, European economist Julian Callow. He says, it marks a change from a situation in which the bonds of European countries were considered to carry virtually zero risk to a brave new world where sovereign default is one of the world's core economic threats. Bank holdings of European debt are now being studied with the same focus giving to holdings of U.S. mortgage-backed securities as the global financial crisis unfolds, and with the same suspicion that problems in one part of the world could wreck others. In other words, they're looking at the what they call sovereign debt. These, these are the treasury notes of a country. U.S. has our treasury notes. They're looking at Greek notes and, and, and Spanish notes and Irish notes and saying, these could be junk. These could be toxic. Oh, my golly. Pass me the freedom fries. Well, Peter, I've taken a poll. Really? Yeah, I've taken a poll on Paul. Poll on a poll poll. A poll poll. I've taken a, I, I'm appalled by yeah. the number of polls that there are out there. And the number of polls. Well, the number of polls, too. Yeah, right. And, uh, and they know. vote Democratic. Or maybe they're going to vote Libertarian for them. Maybe well, they put them in. Well, I don't know. Most of them are out of work because they – didn't the polls go up there to the uh, Rust auto belt. plant, something like uh, that? They're rusting yeah. along with the, you know, their belts are rusting. Uh, okay. Yeah, we've got well, now – 
Rand Paul. Right, yes. Rand Paul sounds like Ron Paul to me. Mm-hmm. Of course, mm-hmm. I always think I'd rather have Ron Paul. And and his father, what's father's name is Ron Paul? No. Rand Paul and Ron Paul. Rand yeah, Paul right, and Ron Rand Paul. Paul. And so we have to bear with both of them. We become then Paul bearers. And I warned, uh, like last week, I read this article that said, man, if he wins, the GOP is going to have trouble on their hands. And here's a little, little tidbit from Politico. It says... Uh, they call it the Rand Paul Project. And they said that unconventional candidates are prone to do unconventional things. Like, for example, him taking to task the civil rights bill. You know, and the, 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 he's, you know, racial discrimination, he said, is okay on a federal level. But you can't tell businesses, in, in a sense, he said, to ha- why shouldn't they have separate drinking fountains for their African-American and, and Anglo workers? That's business decides that. And if you don't like it, then quit or boycott the business. And it's really gotten, uh, really mm. gotten the, the, the traditional GOP, if that really makes any sense. They've, it's got their panties in yeah, a Yeah, sure, because they don't want to go there either, you know. That, that's too extreme. That's, yeah, it's Tea Party know. stuff. And, and, you know, even now we got Senator Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, the guy with the prissiest mouth. I have ever seen in the Senate. Not one of my favorite You can just call him Senator Prissy Mouth. Yeah, well, Senator Prissy Mouth, who was the senior um, you know, senator from Kentucky and who basically um, uh, led the charge against Rand Paul. Uh, yeah, okay, right. And he endorsed his primary rival, uh, was asked about this statement. And uh, he repeatedly ignored the questions, ignored them, asked if he was worried about Paul's viability in the general election. McConnell grinned and walked into his office without saying a word. Now, the problem with Rand Paul is that he has such a narrow and rigid philosophy that it gets him into trouble on issues, said Jack Conway, Kentucky's attorney general. He's the man that's running against Paul. Conway said, it's not just on the Civil Rights Act. Look at his comments on the Americans with Disability Act, on OSHA regulations. So what about consumer protection? What about the FDA? Does he think business ought to be completely left alone by the federal government? Does he want to leave Wall Street alone? Look, look where that got us. So, you know, that's, he's going to have to, the Republican Party is going to have to live with this guy. And it's not the only one, you know, he's not, they've got a couple who say that, um, well, we'll see later that the Constitution and the Declaration of Independence were written by the finger of God. Yeah. You know, I can remember back to um, 1964 when I had a bumper sticker on my Volkswagen Beetle that said, uh, Goldwater for Halloween. Good digital day to you, dear friends. I'm Reverend Bill Barnstormer of the First Vigilant Church of Science Fiction. My text today is from the second book of Paul, chapter 2. And Rand went forth unto the tea partiers, his eyes to the ophthalmoscope wherethrough he could see into the eye of his beholders. And he saith unto them, is it always someone's fault? Maybe sometimes accidents happen. And dear friends, say thank you for that because don't we know that accidents do happen every day in our kitchens, in our schoolrooms, and even in our cars? And yes, even in our darkest coal mines and our deepest oil holes, accidents can happen. And if they do, well, can't we blame the government? And dear friends, if it's not someone's fault, aren't we glad 
because if it were, then we'd have to take an interest in it. And dear friends, interest rates are way, way down. Now you can get your own copy of the first and second books of Paul from the fine folks at WFCFA. That's White Folks for a Compassion-Free America right down there in Brasero, Arizona. <clears throat> and say, if you'd like one of those front porch signs you've been hearing about and seeing on the news, it's, it's just got those simple words, we ain't calling 911. And after you hang it up there on your porch there, well, you can put your own toy water gun or rocket launcher right there to, <laughs> you know, give people a picture. So you just send a postcard to sign Divine Holy Name Blessed Covenant Church of the Second Amendment dot com right there at box 1776, Billville, USA. And this is the Reverend Bill Barnstormer saying, thank you, dear friends. This one's out of McNewspaper. The U.S. government is ordering energy giant BP to find less toxic chemicals to break up the Gulf of Mexico oil spill amid evidence that the dispersants are not effective and could actually make the spill more harmful to marine life. Uh, th- this is this is madness. It's madness. It's madness that we're drilling there in the first place, but it's madness the way it's being handled. And maybe that maybe it couldn't get any better. I mean, maybe we're not prepared. Maybe no one was prepared for this type of disaster. All we did was make it happen. We just had no plan to stop it. I think that's called just do it. Doesn't matter what the concomitants are. Hey, if you can, just do it. The Environmental Protection Agency said that BP has to choose an alternative dispersant and must begin using it soon like now. So far, BP has put about 600,000 gallons of the chemical mixture Corexit 9500 on the surface and 55,000 gallons on the sea bottom. Corexit 9500? That sounds like something out of a bad science fiction movie. Well, this is becoming a bad science fiction movie. Quote, EPA wants to ensure BP is using the least toxic product authorized for use, the agency said in a statement. We reserve the right to discontinue the use of this dispersant method if any negative impacts of the environment outweigh the benefits. The chemicals, touted as a critical means of attacking the growing spill, have questionable value over the long run and may actually slow down the bacteria that biodegrade crude oil, according to a review of the latest scientific studies and some of the world's top experts. Just as household detergents break up grease in the wash, dispersants can clear an oil slick by breaking the crude into tiny droplets that fall beneath the water's surface. However, research shows that much of the oil returns to the surface in as little as a few hours. This said Merv Fingus, a Canadian researcher and a leading authority on the chemicals. Dispersants are toxic also, and when mixed with oil can become even more dangerous than either the dispersant or oil alone. Oil treated with dispersants spread through the water, more readily coming in contact with delicate fish eggs and other fragile sea dwellers. Uh, Peter Hobson, a specialist in fish toxology, said, You've just added to the toxic cocktail that the ocean has to put up with. BP will not be able to find an alternative dispersant that is not toxic, according to EPA records. All 14 of the approved dispersants listed on the agency's website are toxic to marine life at levels of a few hundred parts per million or less. Tests on all but three of the 14 indicate they are more toxic after being mixed with oil. Several scientists said they were surprised that the EPA granted BP permission to use the dispersants on the Gulf floor because their use in deep water has never been tried before. Just do it. 
It's sort of an act of a desperate man,、uh, said Hobson. You get the sense they are throwing everything they have at the problem without a lot of scientific backup. It's just, it's just so scary. I don't know where to start. Give me immortality, or give me death. That's the motto here at Ralph's Ball Sports, new and used body shop in the city of the future. Hi, friend, Ralph's Ball Sports here to tell you that everybody must die, but you don't have to be there when it happens. That's why we're having a great going out of body sale. Yes, you can live forever while your friends fall apart around you like rotten fruit. And here's how: lease an organ or limb from our headless body farm. It's made in America from Americans. Enter the new century with these exclusive clone-ons: Napfalor designer jeans, deluxe. Follicle hair mat grafting with upgraded media-sensitive stimulated wrapper filler, real roll, non-glossy carbon-intensified glue guards, power moons, and tinted tint grill spoilers in slash dash or faux flannel. So come on down to Ralph's Sportsport City of the Future and do it today, because there may not be a tomorrow. Well, Pete,、um, I don't know whether you knew or not. I certainly missed it, but、uh, the the May seventeenth through May twenty third. In the past, now was Hemp History Week. Oh man, I just, I just, I forgot. You、man. forgot. I, I just went by. Why?、Man. Just like, zipped us by. Like it wasn't there. Uh huh. Uh-huh. Well, uh, Ron Paul. Of, that's Rand's dad. That's Rand's dad. That was, he's the he's love a congressman. Child. Isn't he the love child from Ron Paul and Ayn Rand? Yeah,、uh, something like that. Okay, yes, okay. I think so. Okay,、yeah. Ron Paul、uh, celebrated Hemp History Week in the House of Representatives. With this speech, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I, I love the the way they talk there. Madam Speaker, I rise to speak about Hemp History Week, to celebrate the American heritage of growing industrial hemp. The Hemp Industries Association, Vote Hemp, several American manufacturers and allied companies and organizations have declared May 17th to May 23rd to be Hemp History Week, and throughout that week. People will recognize America's legacy of industrial hemp farming, and call for reinstating respect for farmers' basic right to grow industrial hemp. See, that's where Ron Paul and I get along just fine. That's、yeah. the libertarian side of him. That's that really right.、Like. Well, he's got the he's introduced the Industrial Hemp Farming Act, HR. One eight six six. He introduced it five years ago. Now that's the thing about Hemp History Week. Can I take you back? Sure, please. Can please. I take you back to nineteen seventy two? Let's see. I, man, I can't remember nineteen.、Right. Was I alive? Yes, I was alive, but、mm-hmm. I wasn't thinking. Here's where Hemp History was on the fourth of March in nineteen seventy two. Just to remind us how things were and might have been. Retired Deputy Director of the Bureau of Narcotics and Dangerous Drugs, John Finletter, joined Normal. And reported that marijuana is less harmful to health than smoking cigarettes or drinking alcohol, and eventually will be legalized. Just around this same day, Dr. Bertram S. Brown, director of the National Institute of Mental Health, told a news conference that marijuana should be decriminalized. And shortly after that, a bill to make the possession of five ounces or less of pot a misdemeanor was introduced in the California legislature by Assemblyman. Alan Cerruti. Oh, I remember Alan Cerruti. Remember him? I was in California back then. So were you. That's right. And you know, only a few days later, in the Hemp History Calendar, and this will be my my closing reading for the day. <clears throat> uh, 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 the week of 13 March, we were doing the Mart、uh, the Martian Space Party at that. Remember、time. it well. Yep. 
Governor Ronald Reagan said he had no plans to return to film acting and turn down a role as, as General Douglas MacArthur. And Mrs. Reagan said she's opposed to legalizing marijuana. So just guess who won that one? Flo, I want the balance to come to me. And I'll play it back to you, and we'll have a rhythm, and it'll dance and flow. And you can be smoother than that, but don't take it, don't, don't take it too literal. You can take it ethereal, but, but, you know, it's, it's in the whoa, morning. Whoa, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, this is where I go to school. It's kind of crazy, ain't it? The first time I saw the studio, I almost fainted. I couldn't contemplate how I had even made it from my late registration. Now I'm facing graduation, and I ain't stressing this recession. If it leads to a depression, it won't be in my mind. I'll be fine as long as I'm surviving off the beats and rhyming. Then I don't mind surviving off the E and no rhyming. Cause where I'm standing right now, this is the best time to be grinding. Cause ain't nobody signing. So ain't nobody shining, no more dreams are going diamond It's spitting that fly talk, dudes acting like they street when they barely sidewalk My best friend said that music comes from someone in transition So I'm sifting through pessimism and something uplifting So if you love something that is on a rhyme with the skill Then you gon' recognize when you see this really will See my people's always mention that the industry is missing something Hunting for someone coming with permission, not to mention an inch of skill And if that's how you feel, my my name is now, and this is how you let the beat build. Uh, that's how you let the beat build. That's how you let the beat build, right, ladies? That's how you let the beat build. Uh, ow, yeah. Uh, yo, let the beat build from the cornerstone. I come to stone when I'm off the dome. I get screwed like a wall when you nail these pole. You're on top, but you never flow. On top like a steeple, take them back like a repo. We know, fly like an ego from here to ego. You know it ain't no equal when it comes to my ego. I want a piece of the pie. And every business twisted up in their creative vision And no way crazy to listen, I ain't starved for attention Ain't no honorable mentions, make it win and look easy With these locks, I'm looking like a light skin wheezy Mother, that I'm ill, call me Anagi Wild out like Amy Winehouse and paparazzi And blow like cocaine, no, blow like propane Once I got the whole game, y'all all know my name Wait, hold up, I roll with dames that put hair on just like body wash, roll game And I don't need no sample Got a girl with a banjo From the first bar, you can see that I'm a star I'll make y'all wish hard like Return of Jafar And show y'all all what it feels like to be in awe Y'all, that's how we let the beat feel That's how you let the beat feel Everybody knows that this is the midst of the disillusionment and heartbreak season. And with a recent outbreak of that suicidal strain of despair up in Boston, well, you'd better keep a close watch on your emotions. So remember the seven danger signals of depression. 
as a general and lasting feeling of hopelessness, inability to concentrate, loss of self-esteem, fear of rejection, misdirected anger, feelings of guilt, and extreme dependency on others. At the first sign of these symptoms, friends, follow these simple rules. Keep working, drink as much as possible, and take your television's advice. And you know, more TVs recommend an amazing new psychic breakthrough than any other, and that's confidence in the system. Fast, safe, and guaranteed by constant federal control, confidence in the system will keep them in power longer, 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 and tend to come and obscure the miseries of disillusionment and despair. Confidence in the system. In easy-to-swallow propaganda form, a new fast-acting thought control. So have some today. Well, Dave, uh, now that Mark Souter has had to resign because he had an affair with the staff member with whom he put together the video on abstinence, you know, oh, we, another one of those social conservatives, mm-hmm. one of the great moral hypocrites, has gone down. And we'd like to give you our dishonor list of these people, uh, starting during the 1980s when they came to power. And here's our top five moral hypocrites. I'd like to start with Ted Haggard, a minister and former head of a powerful National Association of Evangelicals, opponent of gay marriage and sexual libertinism, who was forced to resign after a male prostitute came forward to claim that Haggard had paid him for sex and methamphetamine. George Allen Wreckers. As a co-founder of the Family Research Council, which believes homosexuality is unnatural and can never be affirmed, Wreckers was one of the pillars of the anti-gay movement until earlier this month when the Miami News Times reported that he hired a rent boy to accompany him on a 10-day European vacation. And we got next Mark Sanford, the Republican governor of South Carolina and former presidential hopeful who captivated a nation when he disappeared to Argentina to visit his soulmate Maria Belen Chapur last year. As someone who had castigated President Clinton for adultery, dishonesty, I mean, he said the issue of lying is probably the biggest harm to the democratic system of government. That's what he said at the time. Sanford's decision to lie to the state about his whereabouts while carrying on a, an adulterous affair came as something of a surprise to his conservative supporters. I guess so! Yeah, hey! But at last, Sanford has shown a romantic streak worthy of a soulmate smitten suitor. Now divorced, he recently hit the Appalachian Trail again to see if there's still a spark with Maria. Robert Bauman was a GOP congressman from Maryland, founder of the arch-conservative Young Americans for Freedom and sponsor of the Family Protection Act, which sought to legalize discrimination against gay people. He was arrested in 1980 on charges of soliciting sex from a 16-year-old boy just weeks before Election Day. Jerry Falwell's moral majority stood by Bauman, but Bauman eventually dropped his re-election bid and came out of the closet to write a memoir subtitled The Conscience of a Gay Conservative. And number five on our big uh, role here, David Vitter, the married Louisiana senator, staunchly pro-family. Uh, after his phone number turned up in D.C., Madam Deborah Jean Palfrey's phone records, Vitter admitted to my very serious sin in, in my past. But he did not step down. And now, Uncle Peter, perhaps we should we should continue the big dishonor roll as we roll on with 
California State Senator Roy Ashburn opposed gay rights arrested on DUI charges while leaving a gay bar. Representative Dan Burton of Indiana Family Values Republican Father to Child in Extramarital Relationship. Representative Helen Chenoweth of Idaho Family Values Republican admitted to six-year affair with a married man. Senator Larry Craig, Republican of Idaho, posed gay rights reportedly solicited sex in an airport men's room. Senator John Ensign of Nevada, Family Values Republican, had affair with a staffer's wife. And Representative Mark Foley, Republican of Florida, chair of the House Caucus on Missing and Exploited Children and advisor to House Page Program, forced to resign over reports he sent sexually explicit computer messages to at least one 16-year-old former page. Utah House Majority Leader Kevin Garn, Family Values Republican, went hot-tubbing with a 15-year-old girl in 1985 when he was 28, and then in 2002 paid her to keep quiet. Newt Gingrich, Republican (laughs) of Georgia, former House Speaker, carrying on an affair with an aide 23 years his junior, whom he has since married as he was helping to spearhead House impeachment proceedings against Bill Clinton over his misrepresentation of the affair with Monica Lewinsky. Minnesota gubernatorial candidate John Grunseth, family values Republican, accused of asking his daughter's teenage friends to go skinny dipping. Representative Bob Livingston, Republican of Louisiana, Clinton antagonizer admitted adultery. George Roche III, former president of conservative Hilldale College, engaged in a 19-year affair with his daughter-in-law. She later committed suicide. Representative Ed Schrock, Republican of Virginia, opposed gay rights, allegedly patronized a gay dating service. Representative Don Sherwood, a Republican of uh, Pennsylvania, family values Republican, accused of repeatedly battering his mistress. Senator Strom Thurmond, Republican of South Carolina, supported segregation fathered an out-of-wedlock child with a 16-year-old African-American maid. And certainly last, but not worst, or least, just last, Mayor Jim West of Spokane, Washington, Republican opponent of gay rights, allegedly solicited trysts on gay message boards. Hmm. Hey, Dave, we're coming to the end of the show, and you know, I've got this Tang Jones. <laughs> I gotta have some Tang. Well, some of that Tang some stuff. Of that, some of that old Tang stuff from the 7th century. Huh? Well, uh, this is from Wang Wei. And, uh, well, it reminds me of what I've been doing for days out there. I haven't been paying attention to my email. I just have been spending spring in the garden. Mm. After a night of rain, I go out wearing clogs, wrapped in an old overcoat against the spring cold. Water pours white through the open dikes. Peach blossoms glow red beyond the willows. Fields of new grass spread away, edged and checkered. Poles rise from the wells at the wood's edge. I go back in to write at my small desk. Evening arrives. I'm alone, happy among green weeds. Radio Free Oz. That's all for today. Tomorrow, best of the best coming up. Radio Free Oz team, John Cummings, is our technical consultant. Phil Fountain is the head of the Oz Design Group. Tom Gedwillow, webmaster. Dave Maloney, our audio engineer and the man who runs this beautiful Blue U studio. Bill McIntyre, our producer. David Osmond, the co-host, and well, I'm your host, Peter Well, thanks, Berkman. Pete, but, but say goodbye to Ben Bland. Oh, Ben, thanks, ben, ben, thank you so hey, much. Bye, Ben. What a group, man.